episode 53, boys. We made it, and wow, has this night already been a wild one. We are coming to you guys at 6.57 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday night, and the Bruins have just made a trade that nobody saw coming. Connor, you want to give us the breakdown of what happened? Or you want to... We You know what? You know what? You know what? Let's give it a second. Before we jump into that dirty water, Kevin, give us a number 53. Oh. Ooh. Bo Horvat. X. X. Number 53. Because he couldn't handle the Vancouver life. Give us two others. Give us two others. Give us two others. Number 53s. Give us two others. Jeff Skinner. Jeffy Hefe Skin. And the formerly acquainted Ghost Bear out in Arizona. He's number 53. Oh. Dirty water time. We had, to get, we had to get right into the dirty water. We that had was our to. quickest intro ever. I know. We had to get into it. It's just, I mean, it's fresh on the mind. I want us to give our really, like, fresh, raw reactions. It's burning. Connor, give us the trade. All right. So, there was a three-way deal for the Bruins with the Capitals and the Minnesota Wild, with the centerpieces going to Boston being defenseman Dmitry Orlov, forward Garnet Hathaway in the rights, to Andre Svetlakov from the Minnesota Wild. The Bruins sent Craig Smith a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and a 2024 <coughs> third-round pick to the Capitals. And then to the Minnesota Wild, they sent a 2023 fifth-round pick. And then, of course, the reason behind the entire three-way trade is the Capitals retained 50% of Orlov's salary, sent him to Minnesota where they picked up the extra 25%, and then turned him over to the Bruins. The big takeaways here is that the Bruins offloaded Craig Smith. They spent their first-round pick, which is assumably going to be as close to a second as possible. They added a depth forward with some physical toughness that they needed, and they added some serious depth and talent on the back end, while all the while saving most, or arguably all, of their prospects and keeping about $1.3 million on the books to use by next Friday. Instant reaction, great trade for me. So one thing that I we had talked about, I guess, 20 minutes before the trade happened is we were hearing that really nobody knew what the Bruins were doing. Because all the insiders were all hearing conflicting reports, different things, the same thing, and they, none of them knew what was actually going on. So that made me think the Bruins were going to do something off the board, and this definitely was that. Um, I think it drastically helps the Bruins. Uh, they got another very, very legit defenseman who's going to step in, and God, they have the best decor in the NHL. Like, is can you guys give me a team with a better decor than the Bruins? Negative Ghost Rider. Nothing on the top of my head on that one. Now, after the trade, I don't think it's even close yeah, to it, being. It was comparable. tough before. Right, like you're gonna roll out. What do you? What are your pairs gonna look like? You're gonna go. I don't even know. Right, we're gonna go McAvoy, Orlov, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, Forbert. That's that's in, crazy. In, I don't care what order. That's unreal. It's so good. And I was just reading, um, reading a little write up on Orlov myself from Jay Fresh Hockey, who does a lot of analytics and things like that. And he just said. Don't sleep on Orlov offensively or in 
transition. Really, he is one of the most prolific and effective puck movers out there. You look at his impact scores, like the guy, he moves the puck very well. His analytics are off the chart, and that fits in with the rest of the Bruins defensemen who also have analytics who are off the chart. And then Hathaway. Let's not forget about Hathaway. Guess how many goals Hathaway has this year? Have you guys already went and looked? Nine goals, seven assists. Yeah, he has nine goals, so he's going to be a 13-14 goal scorer. Hopefully he can add a couple as we go down the stretch. Maybe he gets a little boost and he does even more. He's a Bruins-type player. He's he's an absolute dog. He's a guy who you hate to play against, and I've never liked. Now I'm going to love him. It's just, um, you know, Don, I talked a lot of shit about you a few years ago, but um, I pretty much stopped Ever since Hall, I kind of started to stop after Lindholm. I've just stopped, and now it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're our GM, man. That's from me to you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear you there. I mean, for me, what I look at is a lot of people forget three years ago, Dmitry Orloff was the best Capitals defenseman until Carlson had his, you know, breakout year and his kind of not really impressed this year because he really hasn't played after the injury. Um, But Orloff has a lot of talent offensively and defensively. I would agree that his transition game is pretty good. The one thing that jumps off the page to me when I look at this trade, both of these players love to take the body and both of them, if you go and search on YouTube right now, I guarantee you, you're going to find a long list of hit highlights there won't be any drought in that department and i think that's what excites me the most because the bruins have a lot of big physical players that don't play physically and sometimes that's kind of frustrating because in the game of hockey yeah you don't need to hit people to be an effective hockey player but my god there's a lot of opportunities that the bruins have to take the body and separate the player from the puck and they choose not to. Yeah, it's these are playoff-type players. The Bruins are gearing up to make a long run. Do we think they're done? No, not really. I don't think so. No, I don't want one more player. They don't structure it the way they were if they want to be done. They still have their first-round picks in 2024, which obviously we don't want them to get rid of, but they have picks in 2024. They still have top prospects that I don't know that they're sold on. So that helps. You know, if there are guys like... I. I don't think they want to move Lizell, but if the right deal comes up, I think they will. I don't think they want to move Lowry, but if the right deal comes up, I think they will. And those guys could definitely be on the move, as well as Mike Riley, who is an NHL defenseman. So he holds value out there. Right, yeah. and one and one Not name much, you, keep, like, you keep forgetting is Zaboro. You have a guy like Zaboro. Yeah, so it's tough. Or even Connor Clifton. You know, he's going to find himself out of the top six, but even though he's a great depth defenseman to have, expiring contract you could see him move that the price is right you know yeah obviously people thought he was on the move right so there was the misreport by pagnona that um that he was on the move it was he said zaboral and clifton were both on the move with smith for this trade so that means obviously there's some people out there thinking that zaboral and and definitely being zaboral and cliffy are definitely being shopped right so i think there's a possibility that we see either one of them both of them moved um, I think, and if you think about that, that should excite the shit out of you as a Bruins yeah, fan. Yeah, man, they're going for it. Because if you think about it. it, that would instantly <coughs> give them three to three and a half million, even without factoring Riley in at that point, just with what they have, Clifton and Zaboral. 
So, you know, that's that's not chump change. It's a pretty significant player. No, or it, it could it, be. Because here's, I mean, here's my thing. For what this, what's his name? Gazrikov? Gavrikov? Gavrikov, yeah. I can't so your big it. thing is they have that deal in place waiting to move uh, Craig Smith's contract. I mean, I really doubt you're going to go pay a first and a third after just paying what you did. But if they can find it, maybe add players. Oh, add, I don't. Like, they're not going role. after. They're not going after Garikov anymore. That's done. Yeah, you never know though. No, they're. If they're the price not. changes now maybe. that, like for me, so here's the thing: <clears throat> the the Chikrin and the Gavrikov deals were said to be in place from both teams, from the Kings and the Bruins, for the two players. Neither. And happened. then you had teams like the Flyers, the Predators the Capitals all start to change the script and make players available like, you know, Orloff and Ekholm, etc., And even Travis Sanheim down in Philadelphia, like he's available if somebody wanted him. So I think everything completely changed and Gavrikov wasn't one of the most sought after people on the market. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if the, the Blue Jackets are left with nobody to dance with and they can't even move them for a third round pick and they just give them away. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it all goes. It's going to be an interesting few days, and I mean, we'll get into it later. But I think there's more shoes to drop tonight. Even there, yeah. like there are it things are like just it. things are cooking now. This, this is I guess the second big move, right? Tarasenko now this, and I think things are really going to get moving. In O'Reilly, 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 completely forgot about that. So it's been a busy trade down. Yeah, like, even it's been a little stretch, like uh, spread out. But that's the thing. They're dropping. They're dropping. Because boys, huge we're... names have moved. Like these, what about these are tomorrow? All big names tomorrow, week to the deadline. That's, <clears throat> I know. It's the hot time. I know. I think we're going to see more and more stuff kind of coming through here. This puts the Bruins in a freaking great spot, man. I, I think they're one, and Connor said this before, they're one more impact forward away from being real, real, real hard to beat. Obviously, the teams around them are getting better, but the Bruins are better already. So and by like, impact you know, just... forward... Like, let's clarify, we're not saying that this team needs a top six No, they need Ivan Barbashev. They need somebody that they can plug in on that fourth line who's going to play an impactful role, whether that's playing a lot of penalty kill minutes, being great in a face-off, being somebody that they can play on the second power play unit, something along those lines. Because I think the one last space for them to upgrade would be Thomas Nosek. Yeah, I agree. He with that. he just isn't it. Like he's a great penalty killer, left shot or uh left face off guy. But he just he's not it. <clears throat> you need a guy like him on your fourth line in the playoffs where that's gonna score at least two or three goals, make an impact. No, he can't score to save his life. And that's bad. It's you need something. You need a little bit of offense. Yeah. Yep. You also have to remember that the Bruins though, like when people are like, Oh, like you're gonna get Barbershev and Put him on your third line or your fourth line and move Frederick around. The third and fourth lines in Boston play way more than regular teams. Like the Bruins roll all four lines. There, there are nights now where Bergeron's playing fifteen minutes because that's just the way it goes. If we're winning games, all, everyone's going to play. And when it comes to the playoffs, having more guns in your arsenal only helps you because mm-hmm. guys are going to get hurt. That's inevitable, and you're going to need different mixes. You're going to need different matchups. You're going to need heavier guys. There are some teams. Some teams are going to need faster guys. Bruins are building themselves to have all of it. And we have to remember this this time and how good of a year we're having. A couple of years from now when things aren't as good. But if we made a run for it and we get the win now in Boston, I, I hate when I say we. If the Bruins can get the win 
then I think it's all worth it. Like I think tra- selling some of the future and going for it is a hundred percent worth it this year. And that's right why now. I think they're not done. No, I, I don't think they're done. I really Don don't. Sweeney has said that he <clears throat> wants to get a second cup for this group. The the real question is, do the Bruins think that they need to upgrade on Forbert now? Or do they need to upgrade on either one of Nosek, Felino, or Frederick? I don't I think it's going to be Felino Or Frederick. <coughs> I mean, you could go and get somebody who's a third-line impactful scoring winger to put there, but... Frederick has 13 goals. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? That's think... he's Freddie originally was the guy they were going to upgrade, and he's just kept playing yeah. better and like playing good two-way hockey and it just i think it makes it tougher and tougher right like i think the three of us are all freddie fans but yeah I like freddie can, can, can do that in 11 minutes on your fourth line too though right that's mm-hmm. the thing frederick's not afraid to take one for the team and do what it takes no. hey you need me to score goals I'll score goals you need me to fight i'll fight like that's the thing i love with this team they're all, they're selfless you know what i mean it's like they just want to win yeah, because, like, in my opinion, like, when I say upgrade on Frederick, I'm not even saying that as, like, a push him out of the lineup thing, but Frederick is an upgrade on Nosek, so if you upgrade the third line and push him down, upgrade I know that Montgomery is, you know, a fan of him playing higher in the lineup, but everybody gets slotted down in the lineup when you play on a championship team, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, you, you think Trent Frederick cares if he's the third line on a team that loses in the second round, or if he's the... If he's the Fourth Stanley line Cup center, winner, fourth Stanley line. Cup winner, dude. No one cares. Like, yeah, everyone but... remembers Tyler Sagan as a Stanley Cup winner, right? Mm-hmm. He played he every other start. game. Like, what are you know what I mean? Like, it's you win a cup, you walk forever. Period. But the thing I do feel with Frederick being on that third line with Hall and Coyle is it allow it opens up his offense again. Oh, it, it makes him better. And it's like, do you sacrifice that him going to that fourth line role? And you kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, skill still there. Who scored over twenty goals in the NHL? Yeah, you do. And I think Frederick well, next year played in the two thousand nineteen yeah. Cup final. Like Frederick could hit twenty <laughs> goals this year. You know what I mean? Seven goals in like twenty five games. He should get close. Like, I think I think he definitely goes over it next year. And I, I mean, I'm very happy with Trent Frederick's progress. I really am. Nothing like, but he'd be the guy to move down to the fourth line. Have someone move in there if it's the right fit. If not, then I'm good with Freddie rolling into the playoffs. I think we all are. Are we overlooking it? Like, could Hathaway be the third line fit? He's played with talented top six players before. He's played with Ovechkin. Do you think that they would want to slot him with Coyle and Hall? Yeah. Um. No. It's hard. No, because he doesn't have as much talent as Freddie. And the chemistry is just there, like with Hall and Coyle and Freddie. It's tough. But Hathaway's not a bad player. Like he, I mean, Mm-mm. he's really not. Like he's a I'm smart excited. player. Yeah, smart, physical, super physical. He's a rat fuck, which just adds to a team full of rats. But, um, this Bruins team's gonna be wicked annoying to play against, which I'm happy. Like in the playoffs, mental warfare is important. Physical warfare is important. Skills are important. The Bruins have all of it. And the most important thing in the playoffs is goaltending. We got two top five goalies now that Swayman's playing. The way mm-hmm. he's been playing, like it's ridiculous. So, yeah, f- uh, the Bruins may win a Stanley Cup this year. I hate to say it, but they, I hate to, you know, I hate to do it. I feel like I'm jinxing myself, but they you're look jinxing yourself. Good. You, you I got wood all over me. I'm knocking on the wood. You rat fuck! You're jinxing us. <laughs> you rat fuck. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's what he is. He's a little rat fuck. He's like Barshot. 
I listened to Marshy's interview today. Um, and with Ian? Yeah, with Ian. And he, it was interesting. He was, I mean, he didn't really, all he said was like the things I say on Twitter are things everyone thinks. He didn't say anything crazy. He did talk about how Cliffy's made like a huge jump this year. So that's where I was like, damn. And they traded him after he got a compliment from a guy he definitely looks up to. That's so tough. But um, it was interesting. Just Marshy's, he said he's still not fully 100%. He's getting there. But he, he openly said he came back too soon, and he said he did it just because, like, he, everyone was talking about how long it was going to take, so he wanted to prove everyone wrong, and he knew he was coming back too soon. And he doesn't expect to be fully going until, like, right before the playoffs, but he's on track, and he's obviously he's a point-per-game player, so he's doing what he needs to do. You guys got anything else, Bruins? Give us – I want you guys both to give me one player you think they're still going to go out and get. I'm going with the Barbership. I just think the connection between Barbership and Montgomery, for when Montgomery was the assistant coach in St. Louis last year, when Barbership had his career, what, 24, 26 goals, I think they can make that happen. Um, I know they, the St. Louis did want a second-round pick, and now we don't have a second-round pick till 2026. No, really? Yeah, so it's kind of tough. That I don't think St. Louis wants to wait on a pick that long. So, it'll be interesting, but I do like Barbashev. I like Barbashev. I also had made mention about potential of Luke Shen, but I think I've slowly convinced myself out of it. Yeah. Um, Taylor Radish. That's going to be my pick. Out of Chicago. I was going to say Chicago. He's a he's a high skilled forward, right? Was he a first round pick, Taylor Radish? Um, I don't recall if he was a first round pick. I'll try to pull that up real quick. Um, but he was part of the Brandon Hagel trade from Tampa Bay um, to Chicago uh, last year, and I believe he has like fourteen goals so far this season. And I think he's playing a like depth third to fourth line role. He's not playing in their top six that I'm aware of. He's got a cap hit of about 750000 He was a second-round pick by the Lightning, 58 overall, in 2016. And just brief history, uh, the first two years, he had five goals and then six goals, um, 53 games and 21 games, respectively. And then this year, he's played 57 games, he has 14 goals and 11 assists for 25 points. At six or seven hundred and fifty thousand. How many goals? Fourteen. Oh, I like and him. eleven assists. I like him. And seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, he played for the Lightning. Yeah, I know. I mean, I that's a good one. You just came up with kind of out of left field. Kevin went with Barbashev. I I'm I was kind of with Barbashev too. I don't know that I have one better than what you guys just gave. Connor I will Jarman. give us a little background on this. I yeah yeah you guys laughed at me last time I said that, so I won't say it again. <laughs> Andre Svetlakov. I just looked this cat up. So he's a 26 year old. He's playing for Ska Moscow, and this year in 66 games he has 11 goals, 16 assists, and 27 points. He is having a career year. He's never had more than seven goals in his career, or he had eight in 2018. But he's a 26-year-old who never he never has signed with Minnesota, I don't think. Mm-hmm, um, correct. He just plays out in Russia. I don't know that I'm too hyped about that guy. But um, another thing to say. Is Minnesota had Russian. to give something up to yeah, be yeah, involved yeah, yeah. in this yeah, trade. So they, so they just, just gave they away what they don't care about. Um, 
one thing my dad just mentioned to me as I'm going back and forth with him, and he's right. This is the first Russian in a bit. Yep. Since, since, uh, uh, since Coco. Since Coco. Yep. That's weird to talk about it. First Russian since Coco. That's kind of crazy. The Bruins, um, for some reason, kind of just stay away from Russians. Like, really, like if you really think about it, Sergei Samsonov is as far back as I can think and remember a Russian who was like an impact player. Can you think of one other than that? Koklachev was the last one, and he went back overseas. Same yeah. thing with uh, Chaka Carlson. Yeah, I know. And I, w- I will say, like, they're, it, you know, locker room dynamic and politics, something we don't, we don't talk about politics much, but the Czechs, I don't know that they love the Russians that much right now. That's for sure. When, when the players went over to play there early in the season, they weren't allowing the Russians to go. So I wonder if that's a little bit of a awkward air, but I think when you're on the same team and hockey's hockey, they put that kind of stuff aside as long as everyone's being humane, I would think, right? It just is kind of like, it, it is a weird time. Um, I don't think the Bruins have to worry about that type of stuff in their locker room, though, because it's just the best locker room in the league. Yeah, that's we've a heard from shutdown. Enough, we've cool. talked to enough players now where like we can, just, I think, kind of say that. Like, the Bruins locker room is different, mm-hmm. so like it just, it, it, I don't know if that's really a big fear, but... That's kind of something you have to think about a bit. Um, I don't know if we have much more on the Bruins. Before we get into that, though, we do have a pretty cool announcement. Um, As of right now, we are officially sponsored by DraftKings. So um, we're pretty excited about this, and I want you guys to be doing all your gambling with the um, DraftKings Sportsbook. Boston's hometown sportsbook will be live soon, very soon. Right here in Massachusetts, bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to a $200, that's $200, in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code InsideTheRink. That's InsideTheRink. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code InsideTheRink to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. That's code InsideTheRink only on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing gambling problems, call 800-327-5050 or visit the helpline dot... What is it? Visit helplineMA.org to speak with trained... Specialist free and confidentially 24 7. 21 plus physically present in the MA only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at draftkings.com slash MA. And now back to your regular Shoo! scheduled programming. Hey. <laughs> And just with that, we're going to hit a little lucky ducky section of the podcast, which is going to be making its triumphant return. Um, I'm going to give you guys, let's give a little bet for this weekend, Kevin. Maybe something a little later in the week, buddy. I was going to say, the people at the helpline, they're awesome. They're amazing. You've talked to them? No. (laughs) You've talked to them? That's probably, right. probably I mean, should have, but I know Kevin's not trying to quit gambling. He's just yeah, trying to win just, more. Okay. Yeah. yeah I had a, I had a great. I crushed it over the last week on golf when just Max Homa. I don't know. He was plus three thousand to be in first place at the first round. Then I bet it again in the second round, and then 
Um, yeah, matchups. Jake didn't really tell me about that. No, I had a great weekend with Max Homa. I got something for tomorrow. All right, so we got a little um, we got a little parlay cafe for you for tomorrow. I have the Toronto Maple Leaf on the money line against the Wild, and the LA Kings versus the Islanders on the money line. So we're gonna go Maple Leafs LA parlay. We're gonna call it the Major City Parlay with Toronto and LA. Because I don't consider the Islanders in a major city. They're kind of like a suburb. <laughs> Thought Connor would laugh at that, but I guess he's not going to. Okay. Kev, you have something? Yeah. You, you consider the Islanders a major city team? When I think major city, I think the New York Rangers. I don't ever think the Islanders. Yeah, they're the redheaded stepchild that just keeps beat with the belt. <clears throat> oh, yeah. For me, uh, on Saturday, we're looking at Saturday, February 25th. I'm going Oilers money line over the Blue Jackets, parlayed with the Hurricanes money line against the Ducks. Nice. That's not bad at all. I, I will tell that. you, I just plugged in to my app to uh, the um, Los Angeles Kings versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, gambling's not legal yet in Massachusetts, so I'm not gambling. I just have the DraftKings app downloaded, and I can open it up and see what odds would be. So I have... Uh, the Los Angeles Kings and the Toronto Maple Leafs parlay would be plus 204. So not a bad bet there at all. Not a bad bet. But that kind of wraps it up for the gambling segment here in um, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you guys are on the YouTube, you can take a look down the bottom and see that all new customers can receive up to a $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings with code inside the rink. Let's hit a little salt of the east and talk about the trade we're about to have happen. Connor, I'll let you have it, buddy. What's Get about out of the again, buddy. What do we got here? What are we having in the East in a little New York? You're muted. You're muted. That's so sad you pulled a Kevin. Oh, my God, buddy. Oh, my Get God. How it. embarrassing. Well, it's really weird because after we adjusted all of those settings for the microphones to try and make them sound a little better, I can hear myself whether I'm muted or not. So that really just messed with me. Either way. It sounds like things are going down in New York City once again, and the New York Rangers are about to make another big splash. Earlier this evening, they put out that Kravstoff and Lecision are both going to be sitting for roster management reasons, which seems like it's the new hyped-up upgrade to the trade-related reasons. So it sounds like they're preparing for a push for Patrick Kane, leading up to the deadline. Now, there's a couple different things that I know that I've been kind of tracking this week. It looks like the Rangers won't be able to make this trade, even if they agree to things today with Chicago, with the pieces that are supposedly involved. They wouldn't be able to make this trade until the middle of next week. So nothing would happen prior to this weekend unless they really up the ante and are trading somebody off the roster that's making a little bit more money. Uh, but also coming out recently, uh, over the past couple of minutes, Pierre Lebrun also just tweeted that Pat Brisson, uh, Kane's agent, has already come out and said that Patrick Kane has not made any decision up to this point that we're speaking right now. So there's nothing imminent in that department, but the New York Rangers are sitting people out for what looks like another move 
Patrick Kane has basically, for all intents and purposes, been begging the Rangers and the media to get him. So, I don't know. To me, it looks like we're about to see a Patrick Kane joining a star-studded New York Rangers lineup. That makes them offensively That's scary as it is. It is. It's scary. Patrick Kane in the in the Rangers in the bread man stuff. Yeah, no, they'll be back together. They'll be reunited. Um, it's 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 good. They're real good. They're, but Tarasenko yeah. has also wanted to play with Panarin and yeah, too vice bad, versa. So sad. Too bad. So sad. Patrick yeah. Kane's back. I mean, well, I I don't know. Like, we're gonna have to wait and see kind of if this happens. But I think if they do, it instantly makes them my favorite out of the Metro. I think that puts them over the edge against um, Carolina. There, it's it's something I hate seeing just in the East. I'm like, ah, you stay in the West on the bad team. I've liked you on the bad team. The last time you were on a really good team, you you stole a Stanley Cup from me. So I'd rather you're not 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 battling us in the playoffs, right? Right. And if you're Carolina, you're looking at this and you oh, see, see the moves already made. You hear, and so it's like they haven't done anything. It's like, will yeah, Carolina be the next big power to crank out a trade and? They, I think you could see Carolina take a big swing towards Timo, Timo Meyer. I think yeah. you could. I think you e- really e- could. Yeah, either they're Carolina. Get, they're get a scared here. Or New Jersey, too. New Jersey, New Jersey wants them. But New Jersey's not getting nervous to make big swings. The people in New Jersey, are they're good hockey people. They know this team's not going to go win in the playoffs right now. They know that, so I don't. Yeah. They're not gonna go. They're not gonna go do anything wild. I I really like the the program that got running over there in um, New Jersey, just from top to bottom, like the way that they've scheduled everything out and set up that team. Like, dude, they're getting they're gonna have a stud defenseman coming in next year, Luke Hughes. Still, like that team is, they're gonna be good for a long time. If they get Meyer, it's great. They, I mean, they can pay him. You know what I mean? But I don't know that I don't know that they're gonna throw together the same deal that a desperate team like Carolina is going to in those moments. But we'll see. Another thing I just read, back to the Bruins a little bit, Don Sweeney is doing his presser right now as we talk, and he said that, um, two, are there any more moves coming? He said, you never know, but they're not going to be aggressive. Um, he said that the Bruins are a battle-tested lineup, and they're just trying to add to that. So they're only looking for guys who are battle-tested guys, you know, Stanley Cup winners like what they just got. Um so that's interesting that they're not going to be too aggressive, but we can kind of stay. Anything else you guys are hearing in the East? Um, let's see. The East, um, I've heard some rumors that the Tampa Bay Lightning are in on Tanner Janot, who was one of the players before this Hathaway deal that I would have loved to see um, in a Boston uniform. <coughs> um, rumors are out there that Detroit may be a sneaky buyer at the deadline that uh, they might decide to buy. They have a statistically higher percentage of making the playoffs than the Capitals do. Um, likewise, math ain't mathin' for the Caps. Yeah, no. They Obviously, have like an 11% I mean, chance. They, and that's what they I just trade. About. They just traded Orlov and Hathaway. <laughs> and that was <laughs> a big thing that you said, too. It's like, as long as Ovi was going to be watching it, they, never, they were never going to be sellers. I... I I, I think you guys agreed with that, right? Yeah. And they, no, and that's they, they did a retool on the fly. You, it's gonna. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You know. it was, it's it's what they're doing. I mean, I mean, yeah. Then they had one. They have one defensive under contract next year. And that's Carl. They do get be, Craig Smith back. Craig Smith's an upgrade over Hathaway, probably for their situation. No, gone. he is. He's he gone. Is, what? He's gone. They're going to trade him. Right away. I'd be willing to bet you they you trade so? him by next Friday. I actually think they might play him and just let him play. And All of the other teams that the Bruins just talked to 
now just picked up the phone and said, hey, bud, we see that you just got this guy that we've been talking to them about and we've offered them this and this. Yeah, I don't know. And then they have the ability to retain. But if you retain on him, yeah, different story. I mean, I think Craig Smith's a pretty good player. I don't, he just, it was just, he didn't didn't fit fit with what the the Bruins already had. Yeah, that was the issue there. I, I mean, I wish nothing but the best for Smith, honestly, as we just round it all back to Bruins talk. You guys have anything for the West? Always. Let's hit it out. Wild, wild waste. We're here again. What are you guys hearing out west? Um, well, we still have Luke Shen. Uh, we never know where Luke he's Shen being held out for trade-related purposes. Jacob Chikrin. Oh, Chikrin! Held out for trade-related purposes, which seems like uh, there's it's it's the game right now of having five chairs sitting on the ice, having seven people run around. You stop the music, and everybody has to pick a seat. Well, guess what? There's not a lot of seats left for Jacob Chikrin at this point. Nope, there's not. Um, I think he ends up in L.A. Now, I, I, really I think do. he's not going anywhere. So that's the other thing. He's either going to L.A. or he's not moving, I think. Because and we'll Bill Armstrong... And we'll again. It's just, it's bad. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big Bill Armstrong fan. He wants a ton because he's trying to get this organization where he needs it to be. And he's slowly getting there. They're better than they were last year. They still have a great chance at Connor Bedard. He is dragging this team along. The issue is... The relationship with Chikrin has to be splintered at this point. He doesn't want to be there. They're clearly shopping him. They're shopping him like a Black Friday 50-inch TV. Like, he, he's for sale everywhere. Everyone knows he's for sale. But it's do they want to spend the money. And that I just don't know. I, I don't know that anyone's going to pay that price that, they're, that they want. It was reported, which I don't know if this was bullshit or not. A first, a second, Jake DeBrosco or Jeremy Swayman. It's like, uh, no. And Lizell. It's like, probably not. Probably not doing that, bud. (laughs) This last week, it came in that the most recent ask is two first-round equivalents. But it needs to be significant, like first-round equivalents. And one of the asks that was confirmed by some of the insiders in the NHL was, yes, the Bruins were being asked for Jeremy Swayman in the 2023 first-round pick. That was way, way earlier this year. And the Bruins scoffed and said, no, thank you, which I think they were right to do. Jeremy Swayman is worth two first-round picks, in my opinion, if you can get a goaltender that yes. steady. Into that age. Yeah, yes. maybe two two and a second. Two yeah, first so, and a second, like, in no way. I mean, there's a lot of things going around, but I know one of the L.A. packages that had been floated out there that they offered was Turcotte and a first-round pick. And that's kind of where they ended things, and they backed away. How are they saying, like, in, in what world is Arizona looking at Turcotte in a first and being like, no. It's like, what are you doing? For a guy that doesn't want to be there. He's not going to stay. Because like, he's on a dirt cheap deal, Yeah, and he's really freaking good, and he's signed for more term. Yeah, I know, but like, if and that's what they're getting, Arizona is asking for a, th- a third first-round asset. If they retain 50%, and you would get Jacob Chikrin for the most ridiculous sum of money ever. You can get him for almost $2 million a year. 
That's nuts. For the next two seasons <laughs> past three, this. Three first. I guess first round equivalents you give prospects to. But it's just, yeah. I mean, Chikrin's worth it. He's a, he's a great player. I when mean, he's healthy, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw a thing. He's had both knees done, shoulder surgery, and the list goes on. And he's, what, yep, yep. 24? Yep, 25, oh, buddy. Yeah, wrist surgery was on that list, too. It's yep. What's really wild oh, to me, scary. and this is, like, that's not scary. trade-related at all, but this guy was supposed to be the next captain of the Coyotes. Yeah. Like, that's how they framed Jacob Chikrin. Oh, Three yeah. years Biz ago. Was, Biz was taught. Remember early days of Chicklets? Biz was just nonstop talking about him. Like, he is a great dude. He's a leader. He's a nail gun. All this stuff about him. And then it all slowly just stopped. It's the Arizona effect. It is. Arizona is a dumpster organization. I also want to talk about it's not going to change until they get the new arena. All oh, you see, he's got Shea Weber. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Yesterday on my way home from work, I called my dad and we were kind of going back and forth. And I, I had mentioned, I don't even remember at what point in our conversation because we were just running through everyone we think could be going where. And I talked about how the one thing with Chikrin is he's very good, but we, we thought that Oliver Ekman Larson was very, very good too. And when he got out of there, it proved that he wasn't all that good. OEL went from a shit show to a shit show on that fire. That is fair. That is fair. But like, if you could imagine I, I, somewhere Chikrin's worse than Arizona, yeah. it's Vancouver. <laughs> I know. Chikrin is better than him. At the same time, I don't know that... We, I don't know. I'd like to see him play in a playoff game, play in a tough situation when you're going to give up three first-round equivalents. You know what I mean? It's just... I don't know. I'm almost happy the Bruins kind of said, all right, we got McAvoy, we got Lindholm. We don't need another number one. <laughs> let's Let's just move forward with it. Solid number two and a half, solid number three type guy. So my big thing in the West I want to talk about, nothing to do with the trades, it's the standings. The it's West good, the West is insane right now. Let me bring them up. It's crazy. So if you look at it. I got them up. Yeah. So we'll start, let's start in the Central. You have Dallas at 72 points, Winnipeg at 71, Colorado 67, Minnesota 67. Right there. Oh, it's, shit, huh? This is way more intense than I'm realizing. Dude, Pacific's even worse. 73, 71, 70, 70, 65. And that's so, Vegas, LA, oh, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary. So one of Edmonton... One of Edmonton, Calgary, Colorado, or Minnesota are going to be a very good team who doesn't make the playoffs. Or Seattle. Seattle's yeah, 100%. Seattle's tied with Edmonton. Or LA. Like, honestly. Or LA. LA like, or the goal. Or Vegas. Dude, fuck it. Any one of these teams. The, the Stars are slumping like crazy. The Stars, the Jets, any one of these teams could not make the playoffs. That's wild. Wild. <laughs> yeah, right in first in division for majority of the season to the non-playoff team. Only if you have one bad stretch. That's what's coming down. You're at the point where you're what? 24, 25 games left. You go on a five-game losing streak, everything could be over. No, I know. I, I think, like, week by week, we're going to have to give our updates on who is going to make the playoffs. Even in the East, though, dude, like the Atlantic, the Bruins are in the playoffs, the Hurricanes are in the playoffs, the Devils are in the playoffs, and the Leafs are in the playoffs. All in that, though, like... I mean, Tampa's in the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's less, but they're... The, so they have 11 the Panthers, The top the three Red in Wings, the Atlantic the are Sabres. They're done. Yeah, the Panthers, Red Wings, Sabres... And the, uh, 
Islanders are really all battling it out. I actually don't. Uh, the Penguins, no. The Penguins. Math Look math. at it filtered by points percentage. I know. That's. I know. That's what yeah. the Penguins it changes. math math is. The Penguins yeah. could Look, get in. Islanders have math math. Yeah. It's fun. Islanders have played 61 games yeah. compared to Pittsburgh, Detroit played 56. No, I agree. Buffalo's only played 55 games. I know. No, I know. That's. Buffalo. Six games in hand, you're behind seven points. Buffalo is going to end up in fourth place in the Atlantic. They're going to. They're so weird. They can't win at home, though. That's their problem. Since we're looking at the standings and all these funny stats, do you want to look at a really another hilarious stat? Sure. Our friends over at the Late Arrivals podcast may get a kick out of this. But the Anaheim Ducks goal differential is a dash 101. Yeah, 101. That's absurd. (laughs) The Bruins goal differential is positive 92. I will say one thing. If this was golf... The Ducks would be winning the Masters. Yep, they would be Ten slaughtering the competition. <laughs> they would be like Tiger Woods just throwing tampons at everyone on the course. At the end of the year, what do you think is more absurd? How negative the Ducks differential will be or how positive the Bruins differential would be? How positive, positive the Bruins. It's way harder to be good than it is to blow. Right. Well, no, no, no. But what I mean is like, how bad they blew? Will the Ducks get to negative 120, or like will the Bruins get to plus 125? Like which one will be farther oh, in the direction? Oh, the, the, the Ducks. Oh, the Ducks. You think so? Because yeah, hockey yeah. tightens up as the year goes on. The Ducks just. But it looks like the Ducks more. aren't going to be trading anybody. Everybody Give, who they thought was going to be uh, on the market, there's no market for. It's so weird. I just don't Henrique like... was a center center depth option. Yeah. He hit the IR today. I know. John Klingberg, there's nobody who wants him. He's sucked this year, and he has a 6 to $7 million deal. <clears throat> the funniest thing here in all this is just, like, the Ducks desperately, like, I worry so much about guys like Zegris and McTavish and Terry and Drysdale being in this environment that and they Bedard. might turn into, like, now, well, when Bedard gets there, he turn it around, luckily, if they can get him. But, like, <laughs> they, they might be in this environment where they just... They all they learn how to do is lose at the NHL, and it becomes so perpetual and so bad that you end up having to trade all those stars away before you can get good. I.e., Jack Eichel, those type mm-hmm. of situations. I.e., Taylor Hall, those guys who just go through these like career losing it with the teams that draft them high, and then they have to go somewhere else to be able to figure it out. I wonder. I definitely wonder. Dude, that would be the craziest thing until like, you waited all this time just to blow it up. Yeah, I don't know that they will, though. They, they still have a couple years to turn it around before they have to do that. That's for sure. They have some good... I think that um, Z- Zellweger guy who played for Canada, I know I just butchered his name, um, Owen Zellweger. Zellweger, something Zellweger. like that. He is, it looks like Renee Zellweger's yeah, last name, yeah, so he we'll is ride with it. Good, and he's going to be a, he's a, a duck. So, like, they have... The Ducks have some upside coming, but... I mean, the we'll see. They, they nice. blow right now. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, no, I think uh, it's going to be about that time for Kevin and I to buckle in and get ready for this trade deadline on the writing side of things here for the website. Yeah. Articles are going to be pumping out. We're going to be coming up with rumor mills. Anything we hear, we'll tweet out. Even things we have here, we'll probably tweet out. So let's uh, let's keep it rolling. And happy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What day is it? Thursday. Thursday. Happy trade deadline season. Woo! Yeah.